0: Uh, turn to Matthew chapter number 13. While you're turning, let me just go ahead and say thank you for inviting us to come, Pastor, and thank you for the wonderful accommodations you've given us. The the rooms are so nice, and we certainly appreciate that. And we're just looking for I've been looking for just fellowship. I know um, uh, the last thing y'all probably want to hear is me preaching, so I can, I, all you wanted to hear was my wife and charity sing. I know the truth. <laughs> I know the truth. All right. But it is a joy to be here, and I trust the Lord to feed our souls spiritually yes. and um, give us give us light to walk in and make us more like Him. Matthew chapter number thirteen. We're going to read a small parable, a story, I guess, just in in the midst of um, the Lord teaching. And I know where I'm at this morning, and I know the uh, the story and the content, the audience of all that's here. But I want to take this. A story that's being spoken And try to apply it uh, to us this morning uh, And again I'll say to you all Scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable yes. It's profitable for review, yes. reproof, sound doctrine And uh, yes. I, I heard it said well this week in camp meeting I believe it was Brother Eddie Davis uh, That made the statement that the entire Bible is for us But it is not all to us and that's true. It's not all to us. We are the we're the Gentile bride, and um, and but there is a great part, part of this Bible that it is a letter, uh, mainly the Pauline epistles that are a letter to us. But this entire Bible is for us. Yes. Amen. And so it is profitable for us. It gives us the mind of God, even the attitude of God. And I'm, I've got about a, about 10 rabbits that just, just jumped out right there, and I'm going to let them go. I'll never get stopped. But uh, I want to focus in right here, Matthew chapter number 13, verse number 44. Verse number 44. The Bible says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth for and for joy. Therefore, thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. Father, we want to thank you for the day. Thank you for the privilege that the Lord, to be saved by the grace of God. I want to thank you again for the privilege to be in your house and the opportunity that I have this morning to preach the wonderful words of life. Father, I understand my unworthiness, and Lord, I understand truly my weakness, and Father, I ask humbly for your touch this morning, because I desperately need it. I ask, Lord, that your touch would be upon the reading of the word of God. I ask, Lord, as we begin to try to deliver the burden that you place upon our heart, I pray that the power of God might rest upon us. I pray for unction, I pray for utterance, Lord, that the Spirit of God might say through us the Word of God, Lord, as you see fit. I pray, Father, that you would take your truth, may the sword of the Spirit, Lord, be handled by the Holy Ghost, and may you pierce the hearts of every individual that's here, save a sinner, revive the saints of God, give us instruction now, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen and amen, you can be seated, and we thank you for standing. I want to look at this passage of Scripture Uh, Again, we've probably all heard this being read or even preached out of, uh, but I wanna look at this and try to uh, go through this story and preach with this thought in mind on the treasure of the field. The treasure of the field. Now, again, I understand that Jesus, Matthew, of course, is the book that is written to the Jews, and we understand, again, that this parable and this lesson that Jesus is speaking Uh, to the multitude, he is speaking to the Jews. We understand the difference again between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. But I believe that this story that's being represented here uh, is a beautiful picture of salvation and what it means. And so I wanna look at this passage and take you somewhere. So if you can, hold with me until we get to the end, all right? But I wanna look at this passage of scripture. Look at these different types. One, I wanna notice the uh, treasure that is hidden in the field and I want that to be a type of the soul of man. And I wanna look at the field as being a type of your body. The field, and and by the way, you can't get any more uh, closer to a type than a field because uh, the main thing we have in common with the field is the dirt, amen. So we're all made of dirt. But uh, I wanna look at the field as this body. I wanna look at the treasure that is the soul of man which is inside of each individual harbored within us. And then the man, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as we begin this story, I wanna look, first of all, at the lost treasure, the lost treasure. This treasure is hid in a field. Now that is a big statement right here, uh, and it, it is very, very um, complex in in what in, in the history that it's giving us. But I, if I can, let me try to simplify that. This treasure has been hid in a field, and then the Bible says, "When a man hath found it." So you're not going to try to look for something to find it unless it is lost to you, and so this treasure is lost. Now I say that in the beginning of time, God uh, gave God created everything. He created the world, amen, and He created His creation, but He created mankind. And when He created mankind, He gifted man with a most priceless gift. He did. And, and I, don't, don't jump off the, off the boat with me, stay with me. He gifted man with eternity. He made man in his image and as he is looking at that form of dirt, the Bible says he breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. You see, every man has this treasure within him and that is a priceless Treasure of eternity That's why there is no There is no price you can pay There is no sacrifice That you can give That is more valuable Than the soul of man I'm telling you, that's why God's heart is towards sinners. That's why the church's heart should be towards sinners. Because it is there. It's not a money value. It's not a pride value. It is an eternal value for the soul of man. And so man became a living soul. God gave man a treasure. It is man's soul. Amen. He is a sovereign God, but God gave the soul to man. And the truth of that is this, ever since sin, man is going to live eternally, but you are going to decide whether or not you live in eternal death or you live in eternal life. But man is eternal. He is given in the eternal soul. His soul is precious unto God, it was priceless. Oh, the value that he had in being able to commune with the soul of man. It was a wonderful treasure. But we know the story, many of us have already heard. We've grown up in church most of our life. I'm not telling you anything new. I'm trying to take it somewhere. But first of all, let me say about this lost treasure was that number one, it was lost by choice. When man chose disobedience, we understand the deception of Satan, we understand the uh, uh, the naivety of, uh, of Eve and how she was persuaded, we understand Adam's uh, 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 complete disobedience, the reasoning of his choice. We understand that man chose to sin. But you need to understand this, man. Because of that, man now is created in the sin nature. Every man that's born of a woman is born a sinner. Every man that is born of a woman is born a liar. He comes from his mother's womb speaking lies. Amen. Every man is shaping into iniquity. We are men of sin, and we have the. Lost our soul. Yes, Adam lost it by choice. But let's just be honest, if it was left up to us, we'd lose it all over again. Because we have chose to sin against God. We've lost our own soul. We have made the choice to disobey. We have made the choice to sin against God. We have made the choice to break the law of God. As a result of this, we have we've lost. We are, we are lost because we have made him our choice. Because of this, we have become the children of the devil. Amen. That's what we are before we got saved now. We were no longer the children of God. We were no longer the sons of God but because of the sin that entered into the world, we became the children of disobedience, we became the children of wrath, unclean children, children of the world, children of darkness, children of the light, children of the flesh, according to the word of God. We find out that ye are the father of the devil, and so the the father ye will do. He was the mother from the beginning, abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Amen, that is Satan. That is Satan, and when we uh, have made our choice to sin, we have sinned because of our nature. Yes, yes, every man is born with a sin nature. But we don't sin because of the sin nature, we sin by choice. You're right. You listen to You're me? Right. We want to blame everything because blaming it back on Adam. But let me tell you something, friend. God gave you a conscience. Right. And when you sin against God, you sin against God right. knowing it. Right. Amen. Right. When my children disobey me, they know they're not supposed to disobey me. Right. But they disobey me anyhow. Do you know why? They have a will. They make their own choices. That's why you sin. That's why you sin now. We sin by choice. And every man that is born, he has lost his soul by his choice. Adam lost man's soul by choice. He lost his soul by consequence.
1: Not only did
0: man lose his soul, but God lost man's soul. Now hold on with me. I said God lost man's soul. How in the world he's a sovereign God? Everything is in his control, absolutely, except he will never infringe upon the will of man. Right. Man's soul was lost to God by consequence. You see, when man made a choice to sin, God who is holy could not have no part of that sin. And because of the law of sin, made and enforced separation between man and God. Separation that has been as a complete result of the consequence of sin. We're separated from God. And when we're lost, when we were born, we were born sinners, but we were born separated from God. Let me put it this way. If a child made choices. And as a result of that, those choices, let's just say as a result of his disobedience, he got away from you, he disobeyed, he didn't stay beside you. As a result, and I know this is a terrible example probably, but let me give it to you so you can picture it in your mind. And as a result of that child's disobedience, that child got away from you. And as a result of that disobedience, He was kidnapped by someone. He was taken away from you. As a result of that being kidnapped, this child had died. We would simply say about that parent, as the hearts would break for them, that parent has lost their child. Was it in the Father's will? No, was it in his desire? Absolutely not. But as a direct consequence of that child's choices, the child was lost. That's a big word, that word lost. We use it often, I'm, I'm glad it got lost, amen, so I could be found. But that word lost is a big, big word. This child was lost. We would say if they were separated from their parents, that child was lost. If the child was simply in the possession of someone else, that child was lost. But I've got a reminder for you, we were not only separated from God, we had not only been taken captive by sin, but we had been dead in our sin. We were lost to God by consequence. We had lost control. There was a loss of control up to this point. that the Man and God and their relationship, there was a controlled environment. There was no effect of sin. It was a controlled environment that, that housed holiness and godliness and purity. But when man made the choice to sin and he lost his soul, he lost control of himself. That's good, you're right. He was not only separated from God, but man became stooped in sin. You see, as a direct result of our choices, we at Adam when he sinned in the garden, this is exactly what happened now, hold with me, when man sinned in the garden, he yielded his body to sin you understand that? I said he yielded his body, his members to sin. He yielded to unrighteousness. And every one of us that have sinned, we have done the same thing by our choices. What we're saying when we sin, we have yielded ourselves to sin. As a direct result, my choice became my captivity and Satan authorized through the law of sin became the controller, the influencer, or the possessor of the treasure in my field. We lost control and Satan picked up the pieces. He became the governor, if you will, over mankind. We had yielded to his advertisement. We had yielded to his temptation. We had yielded to his will. We had yielded to his sin. We had yielded unto save himself, and because of that, he now is our governor. When we were lost, he was our influencer. He was in control. Yes, sir. When That's why we call them sinners. That's when we say they're lost. What we're saying about that, they're not only lost in sin, they're not just lost by their choice, they're not only lost in separation to God, but they have no control over themselves. Right. They're right. lost, is that not evident in the world we're living yes, in? Sir. Yes, sir. Who would have ever thought we'd be in the shape we're in? Right. There is no bottom to how far sin will take you. Yes, sir. He was authorized, and because of that, he took control of our field. He's in control. If you're lost, if you're lost, he's got his control over you. Yes, sir. And your entire world is influenced by him. And so this is what happened. The Bible tells us in our text that this treasure was hid in a field. So here's what took place, Brother Jason. Satan. Tempted man, of course we understand. Man made the choice of sin. He was separated from God. And as a direct result of him yielding to sin, Satan was elected the governor. He was elected the controller and began to influence mankind. As a result of that, as a result of his authorization, his influence, his control, He had one thing in mind, and that was the eternal destruction of the soul of man. That is his goal. Is to send as many people as he can to hell, the same place he's going. That's his place, amen. That's what it was prepared for. It was prepared for the devil and his angel, that's his place, but he's wanting to take the whole world with it. Now listen, with God's creation, that's what he wants, he's robbing God. He's robbing God of this. Now, Now, as he is in control of this field, It is now in his power to have somewhat of a possession of this treasure. Now, this is what I mean by that. He can't secure it. That's wonderful news to you and me who are saved. He can't secure that soul. In other words, he cannot condemn that soul to eternity. He cannot do that. He can't do that because everything he rules is the world. It's all, all temple, you see. And uh, by the way, there's a reason why the Bible says, lay not up for yourself treasure on the earth, where thieves break through and steal, where moth and rust doth corrupt. There's a reason why that says that. He couldn't secure it, so this is this next best thing. He decides to hide it. That's good. You wonder why the gospel don't, can't reach... Sinners, though we know where they're at, we know the misery that they're in, we know the condition that they're in, and we scratch our head and wonder, how in the world can they be so deceived? How can they struggle the way they are? What is wrong with them? i tell you what's wrong with them. The devil, the Satan of this world, he has hidden their treasure. He is hiding their soul from the gospel. That's what he's doing. This is, this is what happens. This is what happens, one, he hides it through the deception that is the deception of Satan. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 4, 3, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So Satan, now the influencer, uses all of his power to deceive the soul of man. So man's soul is hidden. It is lost in concealment. It is lost by concealment. He is trying to hide it. He is hiding the soul. He is trying to seal it from the light of the gospel reaching to where it is, where that soul is at, where that man is at. The deception of Satan. He will use the darkness of society. He'll use alarmment. He'll use corruption. The darkness of society. I'm telling you, the darker it gets, it seems like the harder the hearts of men are. Why is that? They're looking at a world that is lost and going to hell. The darkness is overpowering. Satan is using it to his advantage. And he is blinding the minds of those who would believe. The dominion of sin. There's a reason why sin is so addictive. There's a reason why there is such a deep craving in the heart of a man for sin. There's a reason. Satan has devised it. I'm telling you, he is doing his best to keep the soul of man from ever being in the light of truth because if it ever comes to the light of truth, there is a chance, there is a possibility, no, rather there is a probability that man will come to Jesus. So he'll use the dominion of sin I have watched as the light of the gospel has reached the heart of man. I've watched as the Holy Ghost poured his power in their soul and brought Holy Ghost conviction and yet for some reason they never moved. They couldn't let go of their pew. They would never submit their will and come to salvation. Why? Because of sin that they had craved and they longed for had them bound and they couldn't let it go. And sin wouldn't let go of them. lost by concealment dominion of self the last one that's lost by in that concealment satan don't have anything to do with he uses it to his advantage and that is the depravity of our self you see adam and Eve sent in the garden they made the choice to sin and immediately they knew they were naked Immediately, they knew they were in disobedience. Immediately, they knew they had sinned against God. Immediately. What did they do? They went and got fig leaves to cover themselves and they hid right. themselves. And then the voice of God comes walking through the garden, Adam, of where I tell. And they hid themselves. I'm telling you, when it comes to the light of the gospel, when it comes to the voice of God, in a sinner's nature by cause of his choice, that man will run, he will flee from the presence of God. And Satan will use it to his advantage. That's what it means to be lost. That's what it means to be lost. This treasure, this valuable, priceless treasure that was in relationship with God, now it has been severed, now the soul is lost. It is lost in concealment and the devil is doing everything in his power to keep it hidden. But again, let me remind you that he cannot secure it. So therefore, Somebody came looking for it, hallelujah. I'm so thankful, hallelujah, that when the soul was lost in sin and there was no hope within, thank God he came looking for the treasure lost in the field, hallelujah. I'm telling you, I rejoice this morning for the Son of Man is come to seek and save that which was lost, hallelujah. He come to seek, thank God, he came loving. He came to restore it, hallelujah. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He came loving, he came leaving. Thank God, do you understand what he left? Oh, he left the prayers of glory. He left the presence of his Father. He left the praises of the angels. He left its splendor and its riches behind. And he came to where you and I were at. Yes, where we needed him to be to find us. He came leaving. He came listening. Hallelujah. The psalmist said, I waited patiently for the Lord. I waited patiently. I was so sick he trying where I was at. I waited patiently for the Lord. Thank God and he inclined unto me. In other words, he got down on my level. He stooped unto me and he heard my cry. I'm telling you, aren't you thankful for the day the Holy Ghost of God came to where you were at and stooped to your level, stooped down in the muck and the mire, amen, and heard your soul's cry came to find you out. He located, he just did not listen. Oh, but he came locating. He came with a purpose, with a motive, with a goal, and he wasn't gonna leave us. Oh, until he found us. Aren't you thankful for the day when your sins found you out? I'm telling you, you can't do wrong and get by, and I'm thankful for the day when my sin found me out. Oh, when the Holy Ghost of God shed the light of the gospel into my life and said, keep your loss. You've sinned against God, but I've come to deliver you from your sin. I'm thankful when Jesus passed by. He didn't pass me by, but he saved Oh, it's marvelous grace. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm thankful. Oh, I'm thankful he sought me out. Oh, I'm thankful, thank God, he sought me out so he could buy me out. Amen. Hallelujah. He came seeking, but he came to save. Oh, I'm telling you, that's just the first part of the story. I'm glad he's still in the saving business. Amen. He came to save. He came to live. He came to give life. He came to give liberty. He came to fulfill the law which was against us. Amen. That's a part of the salvation. Let me give you this. Hallelujah! I enjoyed that so much. I want to go back. We were lost in sin. We were lost from God. We were lost. Under Satan's control, we were lost under the power of sin. Oh, the direct result, the direct authority was the very law of God, it was the law of sin. For the wages of sin is death, that's what it is. And every man that sinned, he's got to die. Amen. But this wages of sin that I'm talking about is just not just death, it's eternal death. Oh, but because he came to deliver us, then he had to pay the price for us. We may have been lost by choice. We, 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 we were lost because we elected him, Satan as our governor, Satan as our overlord, if you will. Now, In order for God to reclaim us, He's gotta pay the ransom for us. Amen. You see, when a child gets kidnapped, that's usually what happens. When, When something's got a hold, a hold of somebody, when, when, when he's got a hold of that child, he's got, he uh, the, has the ability to call shots, if you will, and so because he has got a hold of, uh, of the man, the soul of man, there's now a demanded ransom. But now interestingly enough, Satan didn't have any power to demand a ransom on this. Do you know who was demanding the ransom? God the Father was. We chose to leave him, so in order to have our souls redeemed back to him, he had to have a ransom paid for us. So there was a ransom that had to be paid. You see, he sold all that he had. This man, when he found it, for joy he went and selleth all that he had. Now who we're talking about? We're talking about the Prince of Glory. He had to sell all that he had. He had to give all that he had. In other words, he had to give he had to give all of his riches. By the way, he was rich. But for your sakes, he became poor. For your sakes he became poverty stricken, that we which were poor without Christ might be in him made rich. I'm telling you, God, the Father demanded a ransom for us to be returned back to God, for us to be brought back in favor and in fellowship. There was a ransom that had to be paid. And Jesus was more than willing to pay for that ransom. That ransom was that he would take care. Of the punishment that God demanded. That he would pay our penalty. That he would shed his blood. And purchase us back to God. When Christ died on Calvary. When the Lord Jesus shed his blood. And gave his life. He made the ransom payment for our souls. He took our punishment, he took our penalty in the sacrifice of his body and through his blood and in that moment since Calvary, Satan could no longer make a claim on our field, sin could no longer have control of the field because of the ransom that God paid. It robbed Satan of his power anymore over that treasure, over that field. He became our ransom. Then Christ reconciled us back to God. You see, God paid our ransom. We had to be bought back. We had to be purchased back, redeemed back to God. But then there was a reconciliation back to God and that was only done in the life that the Lord Jesus Christ lived. We couldn't live good enough. You can't live good enough to get saved. You can't live good enough to be back in favor with God. You can't do it, but somebody already did. And because he died, thank God we now, when we get saved by the grace of God and put our trust in him, we are put inside of Christ and God only sees his son and he accepts us in the blood and we now have become the sons of God. Amen. Reconciled unto the sovereign, it was his demand of perfection. We could not do it, but because Christ fulfilled the law, he dealt the handwriting, the ordinance, which was against us, that law of sin, that had us condemned, he nailed it to his cross, nailed it to the tree, shed his blood, fulfilled the law, and thank God because of his perfection was resurrected the third day, and we are resurrected in him. Thank God we're reconciled back into God when we get saved by the grace of God. What a price to pay for the soul of man. Truly this treasure is far more valuable than we could ever begin to imagine. The value of the soul of man. But now, Christ has provided, he has provided everything we need to redeem our soul, to ransom us to God, to reconcile us back into fellowship with the Lord. He has paid, he has paid a wonderful, marvelous price. But salvation, salvation is not just about your soul this morning. God came seeking for the treasure, but that's not what he bought. Look at your Bible, look at your text. For joy, he went out and sold all that he had. What did he buy? He bought a field. The treasure was a default ownership of somebody selling out their field. God has so valued the soul of man. There's such an eternal value placed on the soul of man that he went and paid the ransom to redeem our soul back to God, to reconcile us back to God, But that's not what he died for. That's not what he bought. Not only the soul, but he's interested this morning in your body. Salvation is not just about you missing out on hell this morning. Salvation is about you belonging to him. Yes. God paid everything. He sold everything. He gave everything. Not just to have your soul in him with glory for all of eternity, but he did it so that you could be purchased back to him so he could have control of your life. Yes, sir. Amen. He wants your field this morning. Let me tell you something. If you've ever gotten saved, You say, preacher, I am saved by the grace of God. I know I'm on my way to heaven, but I do not want to live this old time way. I want to live life the way I want to. I want to listen to the music I want to. I want to live life the way I want to, be around the crowd I want to. And for, I know I got saved, I to say, I believe there is a God, I believe I'm saved, but I want to live life the way I want to. You never got, amen, old time religion, salvation, That's true faith is always about your body. The issue, the doctrine that I'm talking about this morning is the doctrine of lordship. You see, for unto us is born this day a savior which is Christ the Lord. Amen, he has one desire in your life. It is not just to be your savior, it is to be your lord. By the way, it, he, he devised it, he arranged it, thank God, in his infinite will and in his sovereign and, and supreme mind. I'm telling you, he arranged it that unless you are willing to sell him your field, he would not become the purchaser, the possessor, and the protector of your treasure. In other words, if you're not willing to give God your all, give God your body. That he has no interest in redeeming your soul. Yes, sir. You're right. His hands are bound. You're right, monkey. You say, preacher, why would he do that? Well, let me let me just give you some verses. What know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which you have of God, which is in you? You are not your own, for you bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body body, and in your spirit, which are God's. Yes, sir. You're not your own. Now, if you get saved by the grace of God, you're not he no might. longer. You say, preacher, I thought God never infringed upon the will of man. He don't. But when you get saved, your will's no longer yours. It's his. Your life no longer your own. It's his. He can do with you whatever he wants to. And if Preach. he can't, you never got saved by the grace of God. Preach. That's just doctrine, brother. I'm telling you in this mission in this day. I'm telling you we want to have it. We want to repeat a prayer after me and you get saved. You say a prayer in this old uh, in this old time religion, what we call a badness with a badness preaching. Uh, you say a prayer, trust God, and what you'll have is you'll have a false profession where you'll stay in church for a little while, and while you're sitting on the pew, you will listen to ungodly music. You can dress the way you want to. You can be around the clouds you want to, and never fall into the conviction or the chastising hand of God, brother. You'll Right. Right. Salvation about Lordship. Yes. Salvation about lord. Oh, He wants to redeem your soul. Oh, yeah. He wants to keep you from hell. He loved you so much, He was willing to die on the cross and pay your ransom and take our place and redeem us back to God. But I'm telling you, He loved you so much, He wants to save you from hell. But He loves you too much to save you from hell and leave you to yourself. All right. yes, sir. Let me tell you something, what happened to you less to yourself? There's only one thing you'll ever do. Listen to me. There's only one thing you'll ever do. You're the sweetest young girl I've ever met, but I'm telling you, if you're left to yourself without the Holy Ghost guiding you, without the Lord God Almighty directing your life, you'll destroy your life in a heartbeat. Yes, sir. You're right. Amen. You know what happened? I know how bad I struggle. I know the sins that I'm faced with. You know what happened if, the, if all of a sudden the presence of God left me alone? If the Holy Ghost of God just let me have free reign of my life? You know what happened to Brother Keith tomorrow? I'd be on the backside of somewhere. Oh my friend, round up and under the dominion of sin I would be on one way destruction of my life. God wasn't going to leave you, brother Jason to yourself. He didn't want to see you die and go to hell. But he couldn't see you you being saved from hell and then him just leave you to destroy your own self. Because we do have a sin nature. Because of that sin nature, we do choose sin. So God says, all right, I want to redeem you. I want to keep I want to get you out of hell. I want to get you out of the muck and the mire that you're in. I want to pull you out of the world that has you bound. I want to deliver you from the sin and from the guilt. I want to see you, I want to see you saved. I don't want you to die and go to hell. But I don't want your life to be covered and overwhelmed by the sin and this world. But I want you to sell me your field. I want your field. Yes, Give me your field. If you'll sell me your field, give me your life. I'll do something with it. I'll give it a purpose. I'll give it a reason. I'll make you happy. I'll put peace in your heart. I'll put joy in your life. I'll give you your heart's desire. If you'll just delight in me and make me your Lord, I will satisfy your every longing in your heart. Just make me your Lord. I'm telling you, friend, we have missed the doctrine of lordship in this day. I think of the hymn I sang not too long ago when I was working outside. Begin to sing this song, and God began to work in my heart about this doctrine of lordship. That song, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Have Thine Own Way. I'm telling you, we need to get back to an understanding that He is Lord of our life. He's not just Savior. I thank God He saved me. I thank God I'm not going to hell. But I thank God that my life is not just left up to my choices because I'd blow it every time. Yes, sir. Amen. I mean, every time, every time I'm in trouble, any time a relationship between me and someone else is strained it's because I have made choices based on my understanding and my wisdom or, or my lack thereof, one or the other. And I'm telling you, I find myself in a whole heap of messes because I have exerted my will in my life. And I'm telling you, I have never one time been disappointed when God, the Holy Ghost, began to speak to my heart and begin to guide me and direct me and begin to instruct me about the choices that I was making. I thank God he saved me, but I thank God he is Lord of my life. Amen. Amen. He was not, he was not gonna be the savior of your treasure without, being, without you allowing him to become the Lord of your field. Paul, oh, that ought to reveal to you and me this morning how important this. Let me tell you what we've done, preacher. Let me tell you what we've done. We've talked about this flesh, and it's wicked. Uh, I'm not saying anything, cause it is wicked. My flesh is wicked, brother Jason, but David. I can't stand myself. I hate my flesh. When we get that kind of preaching. I thank God for that kind of preaching, cause we need to understand where we're at. I know I'm getting long. Help me out. I, listen to me, I understand all about that. But let me tell you something, that flesh that you're talking about, this body that you're talking about, was so important to God, he went and sold all that he had so he could buy it. The life y'all want to live, young ladies, the life that you have in your mind, you can exert your will on it and have a life you want to live. But I'm telling you, if it ain't the one God wants you to have, you'll find yourself wrecked and miserable and right. But it was so important. Your body, I mean, we're wicked. We're wicked. We're sin nature. We're sinful people. But it was so important to God that He wasn't even going to save our soul unless we gave Him, made Him more of our life. I'm telling you, God wants your body. He wants your body to be a vessel so He can. Here's what He said. Here's what Paul said. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I'm telling you, his desire, his passion, his purpose in saving your soul and becoming Lord of your life is that through this wicked and filthy and and truly depraved body, he might be glorified, he might be magnified, that he might be represented in this world. That's why he wants your body. It was so important to him, Brother Jason, that this world saw Christ in you, that he was willing to sell all that he had to purchase your body. That's why it's important how we handle ourselves, how we dress and how we talk, how we behave. His purpose, He purchased us, He purchased the field. He purchased us to God. Thank God He bought us. We are bought with a price, what a great price it was. We became the property of the king. When He purchased us, we became part of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is within you. We became part of the kingdom. So we became the property of the king. He purchased us. We became His property. He began to provide for us. He began to give the water to the field. He planted the seed in the field. He gave light to the field so it might be productive. He allowed us to, amen, begin to bear the fruit of the Spirit. He began to protect His field. He put a wall around His field. He may put a watchtower in His field. You better thank God that God gave you a man of God. protect protected it, but He purposed it. You see, when God made man in the garden, he said, let us make man in our own image, in our likeness, in our own image. In other words, God's very purpose was not just to fellowship with man. God wasn't lonely. But God's purpose for mankind was to be here on this earth with this body, with this body being the likeness, the image of God. That was his purpose sin marred that purpose. But ever since salvation, the purpose did not change. That's why he said, and have put on, let us make, he said in Colossians 3, 10, and have put on the new man, which was renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. Romans 8, 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. God, God had so desired, for this body that was lying dead in sin to be resurrected unto life and once again, even though we are sin scarred and sin marred and a sin nature, he he has allowed us, a new man within us to once again thank God bringing life to this body that was dead in sin and be conformed, renewed into the image of God. God wants, God's purpose for you yes. is to represent him, yes. to look like him, yes. to bear his image of his own son. It was so precious to God, it was so important to God. He went to Calvary, he bled and died, he left the throne of heaven, he left the glory and its splendor, he left all of his wealth and became poor. He, I mean, he did everything, he did everything, gave everything. The Bible says, for the joy. That's what it says in Matthew 13, that's what it says, for the joy went so sold all that hell. Reminds me of Hebrews 12 too, looking on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cause, despised and the shame. What was that joy? I, I You can argue with me whether you want, but this is what I believe. I believe he looked in through time and he saw a body that was dead in sin. He saw a body that was wrecked by iniquity. He saw a drunkard, he saw a drug addict, he saw a harlot, he saw saw the most wicked of people, he saw saw wicked sinners, and he saw that body being transformed through salvation. He saw the power of his spirit inside of their soul. He saw them being, thank God, transformed in their new life, and for the first time, being able to represent God, Himself in this world, he saw, amen. He saw Brother John lost in sin, but now standing behind the pulpit in the hills of Virginia preaching the gospel. And he said, You know what? That body is worth dying for. Hallelujah. Yes. He saw myself lost in sin as a seven-year-old boy and saw me somehow, thank God, preaching the gospel, shouting, singing, and testifying to the grace of God. And he said, that body, it's worth every drop of blood that I'll shed for it. Amen. He saw your body, Miss Morgan, he saw you as a sinner. Saw you all saw what you would be if God had not intervened. He saw how wicked we would be. He saw how wicked we were. He sings our deepest, darkest secrets. But yet he saw, thank God, her sitting on that piano bench this morning beginning to play and sing and watch God get blessed and the people of God encouraged by the song. And he said, that body is worth everything that I have. Yeah. It's that important, Amen. it's that important. He wants your body, young lady, yes. he wants your body. He was so important for joy, he despised the shame, he endured the cross so that you and I could know what it means to have a fulfilling purpose in this thing of life. Amen. Oh, I'm telling you, it's important to know that he is Lord. And now I've got some more good news on top of that. He purchased the body. We go to Hebrews, we talk about the blood of goats. That was for the purifying of the what? It was the purifying of the flesh. Amen. Amen. He purchased the body. We can go over there and I'm trying to remember Romans. I think it's Romans eight. We could look at Romans eight. We can look in, uh, let me scroll back up here. We can look at Romans 8. Yeah, let me give you this. First verse 19. For the earnest of the expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because creature itself also shall be delivered of the bondage of corruption and the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruit of the Spirit, even we ourselves, groan within ourselves, waiting the adoption to we had the redemption of our body. You see what happened is, what happened is when we got saved by the grace of God, God bought our body, he purchased our body. In other words, that word there is redeemed. By the way, if you want to do word study preachers or uh, Bible students, you can start studying the word redeemed, 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 whatever you want to look at the word redemption and you will find more times than not, it is referring to your body. It is referring to your body. Somewhere in there, you're gonna find the flesh or this body, this temple. And here's what he says. He has given us, because we got saved by the grace of God, he has given us the earnest of the spirit. God took abode up in our, that's the part of the first redemption. That redemption is, he's bought this body. But this body's gonna die. It's gotta die because it's a sinful nature. And so it's got to die. But that, thank God, because salvation, it's just the earnest of the spirit. In other words, that's just the interest. We're just getting some interest paid off before we actually get the real thing. Because God, when he purchased us, bought us, He wouldn't. he's not just going to leave us in this old body. Yes. No, no, no. That purchase just didn't purchase this body, but it purchases a new one. Yes. It's up there. Amen. That's what the redemption of the body is going to be. You see, I've got the adoption. There's a longing, there's a groaning within my heart. Amen. Anybody felt a groaning in your heart lately? Are you sick and tired of your sin? Yes. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of my sin. I hate my flesh, I hate my sin, I hate my weakness, I hate my frailty, I hate the temptations that I'm faced with, I despise it. And every time it happens, there's something within me that groans. I'm waiting for the day, thank God, when my redemption is complete. What's gonna happen? That's gonna happen, thank God. He said, here's what he said, here's what he said, he said, you bore the image of the earthly. He said, and we we had borne the image of the earthly we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Amen, that's the word image again. Behold, I show you a mystery, thank God. We shall not all sleep, but we all shall be changed. Let me tell you, what's he talking about here? He's talking about the body, amen. In a moment in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump for the trump's sound, the dead shall be raised uh, incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruption must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the same that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death where is thy sting? Oh, grave. We us our victory, the sting of death to sin, the sweep of sin to all, but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Our conversation is in heaven. From which also we look for a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, and turning to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Amen. In other words, Brother Jason, you ain't gotta worry about it, you ain't gonna look near as ugly as you do now. Amen. God's going to give us a new body. Amen. He's going to give us a new body. Yes. Our redemption this body, it's just God moving up on the inside, becoming Lord of our life, guiding our life, guiding us in His perfect will, fulfilling His purpose, giving us peace, giving us joy for the journey. Thank God. I don't know about you, but I love this life. Amen. God's been good to me. But I'm telling you, at the same time, there he is a tug to hold. And I'm thankful for the day when this corruption will put on incorruption, this mortal shall put on immortality. And for the first time, I will be like Him for all him as He is. Yes. I'm telling you, that's the hope of every believer. And every man that hath this hope in Him purifieth himself, even as He is pure. Yes. That's lordship, friend. Yes. That's lordship. That's good. Amen. God yes. loved us so much. God loved us so much. He looked through. He looked through time. Now, He looked through time, brother Jason. He saw where you were at. Saw where you would be, lest He intervene. But then He saw a direct result of him being Lord of your life. And he said, that right there, that's worth me dying for. That's worth my sacrifice. Oh, but then he saw this tabernacle. He saw this temple. He saw this body. And then because he's God, he stepped out of time and he stepped and looked into eternity and he saw you, he saw you over there. We're seated already in heavenly places, you see. He saw us over there, Brother John, and he saw the body. Brethren, it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know this, when we see him, we're gonna be like him, for we'll see him as he is. I also got some other good news for you. Let me see if I can find that verse for you real quick. This is what he said, he said, he said, now we're the sons of God. That's what, that's what the verse was just quoting. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Romans 8, verse number 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I tell you, hey, by the way, Paul took a trip up to the third heaven. Hey, Amen. He saw something up there. Here's what I believe John and Paul saw. He saw you and me glorified like unto God. You know, that that's no wonder they were longing for home so yes. bad? Amen. I'm telling you, God loved us. He saw where we would be without him. He saw where we would be with him being Lord. And he said, that's worth dying for. But he saw us saved. But now, thank God, he saw the end of our redemption. That is the adoption. That is the purchased possession. He saw the glory that shall be revealed in us. And he says, you know what? Yes. That's what's coming back for. Yes. Amen. Hey, man, amen, amen. I'm glad He's not going to leave us to ourselves. He's not going to leave us in this. He wasn't going to leave us to ourselves, amen, for us to destroy our life. But I got good news. He ain't going to leave us in this present evil world for them to destroy us either, amen. He's coming back one day, and when He does come back, we'll see Him, and the, amen, the redemption that He has performed within us. We'll thank God, be complete in Christ, and we will be like Him yes, for the first time. We will be like Jesus. Glory. Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, with according to his abundant mercy, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away. This is the best part, reserved in heaven for you. Thank God I have an inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled. What is that, Brother Keith? It's the brand new me. It's a body that is shaping in his likeness, bearing his image, and for the first time, I'll truly be like Jesus. Amen. Oh, but while I'm here, I'm gonna serve him gladly. With the understanding, thank God, that he did not just save me from hell, but he's saving me from myself. And that process is him being Lord. Now listen to me. When he becomes Lord, what we have done, at salvation. I don't know about you, when I got saved by the grace of God, this, it's easier for children to do this than adults are. And the reason is, is because sin didn't have a hold on me like it did other folks. It didn't. So when I got saved, I remember being scared of death, dying, and going to hell, but I knew I was a sinner, and I knew God had to change me, and I gave, God, I gave God my life when I got saved by the grace. I, I gave him my life. But, but an individual who's just, is, is, is under the dominion of sin, Brother Jason, when he gets saved, there's that word repentance. I had to repent of my sin. Everybody's got to repent of sin, but that man that's been under the dominion of sin, scarred by sin, under control of sin, under the powerful influence of sin, he's got a little bit more to deal with than I did. And you see what's got to happen is this. He's got to make Jesus Lord the same way I did. And that is, he's got to let it go. He's got Guess what repentance is? A change of mind, it is a change of heart. But you know what both of those affect? Your body. When you change your mind and you and God gives you a change of heart, you know what the effect is? Your body. God came to redeem your body. So when you repent of sin, when we turn from sin, in other words, we have believed with all of our heart unto righteousness. We couldn't do it ourselves, but Lord, we are making you Lord. If you've never made him Lord, you need to get born again. Right, right. That's right, buddy. You need to get born again. If he does not have control of your life, I don't care how many professions you've made, how good of a life you live, if he's not the one in control, you need to get saved. That's right. You need to get saved. Now listen to me. Now if he's safe, if you're, thank God, if you're saved by the grace of God, I bless His holy name. You're born again in the family of God. Now listen to me, we still have a will. That will, that sin nature. I wish I could deal with that. I probably, I don't have time. I've already preached way too long. But we have a will. And it's a sin nature, and it's an enmity with God. That's why Paul said, I see within my my body a war raging within my members, the law of sin, the law of God. There's a body there. That's the war there. Let me tell you something, your will's no longer your own when you get saved. God takes over. And so when you submit and yield your bodies unto righteousness, mark her down, God's bringing chastening. If you can do wrong get by, you're none of his. That's right. You're right. If you can, do, if you can sin and God never chasten you, then you are not a son, you are a bastard. That's according to the Bible. Amen. You're not his child. Amen. But if you've made Jesus your Lord, then his will has become your will. You will willingly submit your life. Not all the time, I understand that, I struggle myself, but I'm telling you, when I'll I'll say it like this, my wife told me, my wife says, uh, I'm I'm like Jesus. Uh, When when she comes dealing with me about something, she says, I'm just like the Lord. I'm just like the Lord. I can't make you do it, but I'll make you wish you had of. And that's the Lord, he's not gonna make us do it, he wants us to serve him, he wants us to honor him yes. by choice. Yes. But if we don't submit to his Lordship, he'll make us. Yes. And I've watched many he's taken home, Brother Smith, because they weren't willing to make him Lord. Let me ask you a question tonight, or this morning I should say. Are you saved by the grace of God? Have you made Jesus your Lord? And if you are saved, is he ruling and reigning in your life, or does sin, Doth reign in your mortal body. If sin's reigning. He says. He says. He says to yield your body unto righteousness. In other words, submit your life back to Christ. Realize this morning he paid everything. He gave heaven's best. He he paid everything. I wish I could just grab a hold of that word. Do you realize all that he gave for you, so that he might have dominion, ruling and reigning in a throne set up in your body. You're not your own. He bought you with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Knowing this, that there's an adoption to come, a redemption of this body. He's coming back for us. Let's be like him while we serve him here on this earth. Let's all stand. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Trust the Lord's doing something for us. Maybe you.